Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Kevin, you, uh, you're coming on to the podcast this week after a, after a great prediction last week of a score draw in United against Aston Villa. It was a 21-5 on Labrooks. I think United now have only won four games so far in the league this season. Uh, most people would, with the time to listen to this the United Spurs game would probably be over but I'm going to ask you now for your prediction will Ole Gunnar Solskjaer still be manager come the Manchester Derby at the weekend um, I think he will still be manager but I don't think he'll be manager there for the long term I think they're just waiting to pull the trigger they can't they just can't afford for it to keep going on the way it is financially whatever every reason they can't let it go the way it is it's becoming a becoming a Embarrassed nearly. You just feel sorry for Solskjaer and the interviews and everything. You know, you you don't want to put him out of his misery, but I think he has to be. Um, you know, they have their, as I say to you every week, they have the simplest appointment of all time there in Potticino. Um I think it suits them perfectly. Um, I actually would like him to have a holiday, though. He's had a tough job at Spurs for a long time. I think they should let him go away and have a break for a little bit and come back a bit refreshed so um, but yeah I, I think it's time to get it to get it to uh, put Solskjaer with misery I feel for him he seems a really nice person and he's a, a legend at Manchester United I think most of the fans that's why he's been given so much time and mm. the fans aren't turning on him because of that um, but it's hard to see him being the one to turn it around maybe he'll prove us wrong I just don't think so when you're watching them on Sunday and it was like it was a little bit less clear cut as it was against Sheffield United but ultimately kind of told the same story when they needed to get their ass in gear they did for a short enough period of time they were decent in the second half against Villa but as soon as they scored you know Villa just went down to the other end equalised and then the match kind of just played out in sort of nothingness for the last 15-20 minutes and that that's what I can't get my head around with United is that like there are times when they're back against the wall that they can perform but it was like bringing on Twanzebe against Sheffield United when they went yeah. ahead or, you know, immediately conceding against Villa. They just, I don't know whether it's a confidence issue or just the, a manager who really, like, in the moment doesn't have confidence in himself. Yeah, it's probably that, you know. He's a different type of manager. He gets the lead and he's cautious instantly. You know, God, we have to hold on to the lead. I think previous successful Man United managers and, and most successful manager, or most successful managers in general in history the ones who get to the very top um, in most cases all the time um, I'm thinking of Crappy Tony here with Ireland a different a very successful manager and he was once he get a lead he was quite you know cautious but especially at Man United and they're playing teams around you who are who should be on paper a lot you know, not near your quality like Sheffield United and Aston Villa not near their quality on paper Um and you know, you get a lead, playing well, keep going, you know, destroy him, put him out of misery. Instead, they get a lead, Sheffield United, bring on a centre half, shit, we could concede here, sort of thing, and invite the pressure on. And that that seems to be Solskjaer's mentality, whether it's because, you know, he's under pressure, he's under a lot of pressure, and that's it, we need to hold on to the lead. Um, you'd like to think he's nothing to lose now, throw a bit more caution to the wind, um, you know, get a lead, go for it. You know, he's, he's been bitten a few times now with that one, playing well for a few minutes, get a lead. Right. You see him on the on the touchline the minute they did assistance and what we're going to do and who we're going to move where or whatever. Just let the players be. The players, you sense that on the pitch. You think the manager's panicking. You get a feeling for that. You start to be jittery. Instead of seeing him just going, yeah, go on, same again, lads. And, and you, that calmness goes across onto the pitch and you go out and you, 
most times he can go out and, and get another goal stay attacking or stay on the front foot but he's instantly you know right what are we going to do how are we going to change it what extra are we going to bring at the back what midfield are we going to tell to sit now for another 10 minutes or whatever just um, and that's you know, due to the results and due to the position he's in the pressure he's under um, I thought he wasn't that type of manager I thought he was more you know it's a centre forward for me that's easy for me to say <laughs> here comfortable sitting room at the moment under no pressure <laughs> to, say, to say I see the opposite I think most forwards are and and he he was a very successful centre forward. I thought he'd be he'd be the one where we go get a few more goals like they did in his time at United. Uh, these midweek Premier game, Premier League games are obviously heading into a very busy time in the the league. But we always joke in the office about how the midweek games are great because they're you know they're a bit of a novelty. You can sit back and watch them yeah. guilt free. It's not like watching football in the middle of the day when you feel you should be outside doing something or whatever. But yeah. uh, what's it like as a player? Like I mean, if you're looking at a te- like two teams that catch my eye here, are like the likes of Southampton and Watford, where Southampton big win at the weekend, they want to go again quickly. Whereas Watford, maybe yeah. you know, this thing of every three days now nearly to be playing over the Christmas period. It could be a disaster. Um, I loved it. I loved playing all the time. Training, I just, you know, it makes you hard training. If you're playing, you can, you recover, you come in, you come back out and play a couple of days there. And if you lose, you have a chance to put it right. You're not dwelling on it for the week. You don't have time to be sitting watching hours of videos and the manager moaning and everyone, you know, everyone grumbling and just, you got a chance to get out of your system within two or three days, go again. If you're playing well and you're, enjoying life and everything's going brilliant you have a game two or three days later to do it again so in both cases I really enjoyed it you know it's um, you know you're training if you're not playing anyway you're putting a lot into training so games yeah they take your toll physically but if you're fit you know fairly physically which most players are and every player is now a top athlete um, it's not a big deal to be honest with you um, you're not slop- slopping around in monkey pitches right? you're running around you're looked after, you're prepared so well, you eat so well. It's, I see managers moaning about it. It's, it's the same for every team. It wasn't the same for every team, fair enough. It's the same for every team. Um, a couple of teams with them bigger squads, Man City maybe have an advantage, Liverpool and whatever because of the size of the squad. But in the main, it's the same for everyone. And yeah, I loved it. I was positive about it. And I think that's the way you have to be. You can't be. The minute the manager starts talking about, oh, we've too many fixtures, gets into the player's head, the players use it as an excuse. They start moaning about too many fixtures. Instead of, you know, you might think it, but don't say it. It's excuses before mm. before the event ever happens. Just go ahead. It's, it's English football. It's the way it is. It's the way it always will be. And just accept it and take the good or the bad. You'll win a few of them. You'll lose a few of them. You might get an injury or two, but every other team will be the same. Yeah. Um, one team who I like will hope to be starting to win a few of them, lose a few of them maybe soon is Everton. Like we talked about them yeah. last week, you know, they kind of if they didn't have bad luck, they'd have no luck at all, kind of the way it ended against Leicester. They, I suppose they did kind of bring it on themselves as well. But you know, they've yeah. got Liverpool tonight. Some people will like obviously if you're listening to this on Thursday, you'll know what happened. Yeah. But like there's a very, very good chance they can slip into the relegation zone here and yeah. It's incredible to think, really, that they that they've kind of fallen so far. I know. Um, I thought that if again, don't like to see managers sacked, but just nowadays you expect it to happen. You expect him to be gone. He looks. He looks. Like, he's been interviewed the other day. Um, he's very calm. He doesn't look like a man under a lot of stress. He seems to be taking the whole thing fairly well. But um, you know, he's not translating that into the pitch and how they're playing. You know, again, again, coming into this game, this is sort of to me. This could be the one. Either, you know, do or die for him. It's the Derby, the, the Liverpool Derby, so, Murray the Derby. So, um, maybe that'll get a bounce out of players. He could get something. This could, 
kick-started firm or be the end if it goes embarrassingly bad tonight. <laughs> um, I read something the other day. It's just the reason I'm sacked was because of the run of tough games. So I yeah. want a new manager coming in. But then, you know, a new manager coming in to emergency derby could get a result. So as owners and chairman, you have to be thinking positively as well. You know, if, you, if you're going to be bringing in a new manager who's anyway decent, you should be able to get him going for big games like that. And playing Liverpool sort of in the emergency derby, the players will be up for it. It won't take, it won't take a whole lot of coaching or management. Your adrenaline gets you through it. But then also, it's one that could, you know, start the new manager off on a flyer. But um, yeah. it could get him going here. Um if you can't get them playing well in this one, or at least looking enthusiastic and you know playing for their live sort of uh, performance, um, you see it. You see the chop coming very shortly. I think you see the two owners sitting in the stand. They don't seem to be that friendly with each other. Um, Kenrys and I can't think of. I can't think of the uh, the other on the corner, Bill Kenry and um, sure you remember <laughs> something. Yeah, they don't look like they're on the same page anyway. And no. what you read or not, but. Um, I suppose that's happening a lot of clubs too. I couldn't think of his name there because I was showing my age in my own head there thinking that uh, Joe Royal had his first match as uh, Everton manager in the Merseyside Derby and Duncan Ferguson's debut and they beat Liverpool 2-0 that night. (laughs) I remember going to my granddad's to watch it. <laughs> they either weren't favourites going into it either. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so maybe, maybe that's what Everton should have done. Just wanted to talk yeah. about w- one more club, actually, Kevin, before we stop. And uh, like Newcastle, right? And I just, I, I'm interested to know if you find them as much of an enigma as I do because I watched yeah. them last Monday night against Villa and they were atrocious and desperate. Like they did the same thing a few weeks ago. They got hammered 5 0 to Leicester, went out and beat Man United. And yeah. this time then they go and they get the draw against Man City. I just it's very very hard to understand what makes a football team tick that they can go out one week and play so well and do everything right and to their own talent level and then another week just like barely turn up. It wasn't it was or sorry it was the same under Benitez as well it was very you know there was no pattern to their performances it was so random um, at times you couldn't like you couldn't back against them or back them they're killing yeah. people from a bit at that point um, like that game against Man City if you saw the, uh, the Aston Villa game you couldn't not put the Man City were going to run all over Newcastle and destroy them that wasn't the case and um, yeah you know when I was playing against them I love playing against I love playing there the noise and the atmosphere was the best of any ground in England when they were playing well and when they scored a goal it was very definite on the pitch it was the only place I went where you couldn't hear yourself think if they scored a goal for 30 seconds. It was so loud. But, um, so it must be brilliant playing for them when it's going well. But yeah, I can't. I, I couldn't put my finger on why it's so... Um, so you think one minute they're definitely getting relegated this season and then they go on a little run and they get out of it. The fans are happy for a few minutes and then the, the owner will come out and say something silly or <laughs> something will come out about them having no money trying to celebrate and the fans will protest a little bit. But they never really seem to go too far over the top with the protest. Never, you know, never... That bad, I and mean, it seems to weather. They seem to weather every storm and just keep going and you know, doing doing about what their squad deserves and, and the players they have. Um, Taking along fine, Steve Bruce. You know, it was a shaky start, and he's got them going quite well. Yeah, again, I can't answer it for you. I don't know why they don't they don't play fairly well every week. You know, there's no. I couldn't say the Villa game. Okay, the could beat against Aston Villa, but with the way they played, the performance was that bad. Then to, to turn it around so quickly against Man City it's hard to um, it's hard to know to be honest with you they are an enigma he said um, I don't know I can't I can't shed yeah. too much light on it for you 
before we let you go, obviously there's the other novelty this week of uh, having Dunphy Giles and Liam Brady back on the television together. Um, and I was just wondering if you, what was has how has been your own experience of working? I know maybe I think John may have been um, gone from RT before you started, but uh, working with yeah. Liam and Eamon and also just in general moving into punditry after you had retired. Yeah. Um, well, I, I did. I got to work with Eamon in the work uh, the last World Cup and Liam uh, more regularly lately. Um, I, I really like because they were like they were they, they were what I watched as a kid. Obviously, before I ever became professional, they were the, the three main men. Um, I didn't get to do anything with Johnny, but I would have bumped into him a few times. I really, really liked what he used to have to say. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I you know. And people used to criticise Eamon and stuff and he was over the top and he was but it was great TV and um, you'd watch it for that like I wouldn't turn on TV afterwards to see what people are saying about games I have no interest but for the crack I'd listen to <laughs> yeah. Eamon and he might be slating us but you know that was his personality his job why he was so popular and so good at his job because um, he would say things other people wouldn't say and you might agree or disagree, but at least it was interesting. Um, it's something I could, not not to that level, obviously, but you need to have more of your own point of view from my side about working on it now. Um, it's easy just to say the easy thing, you know, and especially when you know players that you're talking about. It's easy just to be running run the mill, I suppose, saying whatever, just to get through the night and get through the TV show without being, making anything controversial or falling out with anyone. So um, definitely a side of it I could work on. I, I've enjoyed it. It's harder than I thought it was going to be a lot of a lot of thought and effort goes into making that three or four hours while you're in the studio. Um, you know all the points and the clips and everything that you have to talk about, and you know you know everyone's name, but when you're on the when you're on the <laughs> the TV, what you can't see on TV is someone telling you to wind up quickly, and you're trying to get through your team list or the clip you're doing, and you're like trying to get someone's name out of your mouth that you. You're struggling that you can say anything. So, um, yeah, that side of it, it's all the technical side, getting used to it. Um, but I'm starting to, I suppose, relax a bit more and enjoy it a bit more. It's just um, it's like any job, you have to learn and experience and do it and all different types of games. You know, it's easy to do last week Real Madrid and PSG when you know everyone and all the players are well known and you can talk about them pretty freely. It's, it's sometimes harder when it's some of the games. The lesser known teams, and you're you're trying to come up with stuff to talk about and to make it interesting for people who are watching. So, um, but yeah, it's it's enjoyable. It keeps me involved with football as well. You know, keeps my toe in, keeps yeah. me watching, interested. Um, I'm meeting ex players and different people involved when you're in the studio and stuff. So yeah, lots lots of it that I like, but still loads to uh, loads to improve on and learn. And said not as easy as I thought, or maybe people think it is. Mm. Yeah, well, it's certainly been very enjoyable so far. Anyway, it does feel like there's a new generation in, in, in the room at the moment. But just on Dunphy, you mentioned there, like, you know, maybe watching him, even though he's been negative to you. I've always been interested in this. When you're in Ireland camp, maybe in between the games, you know, if you had a game on a Wednesday night and you're playing on the Saturday, are the lads talking about this stuff? Is it like, does it get uh, back to you as if, like, Dunphy's yeah, had a go? Yeah, because the papers would be there lying around here in a hotel or whatever, and the papers would be there. And it used to, but then it depends on your personalities. Me, like, as I got older, it's like, ah, oh, lads, come on, like, why take it so seriously? Like, it's Eamon or Liam or Johnny or whatever they're saying, but it's their job, you know? Um, I grew to enjoy it, I suppose, or just accept it. That, that's what they did. And you get plenty of praise when things are going well, and maybe it might be over, top, over the top when it's not, but it didn't, it didn't bother me. I, I found some of it funny. 
Uh, <laughs> it was it's quite funny. Um, and then I suppose I was never on, you know, I was never on the end of it really to a great degree ever. Uh, you know, there was certain player, Paul McShane, I remember he used to get an awful lot of stick and I felt really sorry for him. There was no need for it. I think sometimes when it comes to an individual, it could it went over the top. There was yeah. no need for, not general criticism, it's fine. You know, you have bad performance, get criticized, but when it becomes more uh, nearly making a joke or ridicule of someone, uh, that's just, I, I found that off-putting and a turn-off and there's no need for that. You criticize someone's performance, but you don't ridicule them. Um, but, uh, Without you know, naming insane, anyone, though, sorry, Kevin, to interrupt, but without naming anyone, like, I don't need, like, it's not to get, like, a scoop around, but yeah. just more of interest. Like, would there be lads who would affect, like, who would really, really take it personally and seriously? I'm not, not trying to hold back on his name. I don't think, I think we were all fairly good. I think if it was a younger player, it would affect them. Anything, the TV or the papers are getting sick. I don't think any of the older lads were around for a while. Not saying if, it, if they did get affected, they didn't look at it, I suppose. I'm trying to think, did it? Um, I can't think off the top of my head. I think everyone took it with a pinch of salt, to be honest with you. I don't think anyone. If you, were to, what, you, you know what, if you were to be affected by criticism, you wouldn't, that badly, you wouldn't have got to playing for your country or playing yeah, at a high level because you'd have been so affected from a young age, you just wouldn't have been able to play. So I don't think. Uh, I don't think anyone got too too over the top. You know what's yeah, I definitely think we switched on every now and again just to see for the crack what the boys are coming out with or mm. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> what way they thought we were trying to play or what the reason it was for stuff. But um, more just have a giggle and you go, oh, did you see what they were trying to say? We were trying to do whatever that side of it. But um, yeah, and I found out generally good T V. I really did. I still think that you're on Liam, uh, Eamon and Johnny were like the, the best three uh, there were three different sort of characters um, different opinions that have a good row about it and a good talk about it and I found that I found that uh, good TV I would turn on and watch a lot of it I wouldn't I wouldn't now turn on and watch Punditry so much of it so many games or whatever but those three used to make it quite interesting yeah. I thought definitely be interesting, very interesting. tonight after uh, the Merseyside Derby depending on what way it goes uh, Kevin thanks very much for taking the time to chat to us no worries that's great talking to you again Mark, you know that game I was talking about there that I had to interrupt uh, Kevin Doyle for, uh, which was, uh, I think it was 1995 Merseyside Derby. Pretty sure it was Monday Night Football. Like, when I think back now, it's like, that was, I'm not an Everton fan. I was an Aston Villa fan. And Everton were near the bottom of the league. I think Mike Walker got sacked. They appointed Joe Royal, a boyhood Everton fan, in much the way that Dean Smith's a boyhood Aston Villa fan now, and uh, a former player. He was appointed. Big deal. Like, who cares? Joe Royal's the new manager <laughs> in Everton. For some reason, I totally bought into this hype when I was 10 years old yeah. and thought it was the biggest thing in the world. They signed Duncan Ferguson, who I didn't really remember at Rangers. Like, you know, obviously he'd been through his uh, jail stint and everything at that stage. They signed Duncan Ferguson the same week. And next thing, they were playing Merseyside Derby. It's, it is good in fairness. You can imagine Sky having a field day with this, yeah. like, you know, before their first game. But I could not wait for this game. It was like the biggest thing in my life all week. I went over to, my, at, at the time, it was like my granddad had Sky Sports. And, like, it's very rare. I got At the weekend, you'd end up there on the Sunday and you'd watch the game and it'd be great, you know. But, like, to go during the week was unheard of. And I just convinced my mom, bring me over. I want to watch the game with granddad, you know. And we watched the whole thing and, and Everton scored. Ferguson scored in his debut. And I was delighted. It was like as if I was a boyhood Everton <laughs> supporter for my whole life. And I was like, 
what was wrong with me? Why, why did I care about that? I wish I cared about anything as much as I cared about Joe Royal for one week in 1995. At least that was a Merseyside derby. I did kind of the same. I remember, like, I, I didn't know Sky Sports, never really got to see any of the games live, but I can remember the first game I think I ever watched live, which was in my aunt's house in Dublin. I think it was a midweek game as well, and it was Liverpool against Newcastle, and it finished nil all. It oh, was, I thought you were going to say 4 3. No, a completely pointless game. <laughs> Neil Mello was playing up front. Uh, <laughs> completely inconsequential, but it, t- it seemed like the biggest game in the world to me. Or even then, remember when RTE got the 3 p.m. games on a Saturday? I can remember Aston Villa against Chelsea when Martin Adil's manager and Gabby Bonglehor scored to win 1 0, I think. Yes. What a game. What unbelievable drama. <laughs> Live football. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll get uh, some uh, matches like that over the coming days. Um, obviously, there's the games tonight, but for Labrooks, one, two, three, we're going to be looking at the games of the weekend where we're going to try and win €100 Euro cash by correctly predicting the score of three of the matches. The ones they picked out this week are Man City against Man United, Villa against Leicester, and Brighton against Wolves. You can play for free yourself. You can get onto labrooks.com right now. If you get one of the scores right, you'll win a Euro free bet. If you get two of them right, you'll win a €5 Euro free bet. And if you get all three, you win €100 Euro cash which is what I thought I had done at the weekend, Mick. What? Momentarily, right? If you look at the way it is, Labrooks will usually pick out the half-five game on a, a Saturday. Yeah. And then they'll pick out two of the televised games on a Sunday. Yeah. So, and then we play a predictions league uh, uh, game in the office as well, where we actually, we actually predict the score of every game going into the Premier League weekend. And just the three of them happen, happening in Labrooks, you have them and then you have the other uh, seven as well. So, Saturday night... Southampton against Watford. I predicted a 2-1. Dr- I have it here in front of me. You did exactly, yeah. Yes. Then on Sunday, in my Premier League predictions, there were four games on Sunday. I predicted two all between Man United and Aston Villa. And I predicted one all between... Wol- I can't remember who, even who Wolves were playing. Who were Wolves playing? Wolves were playing uh, Sheffield United. Sheffield United. I predicted a one-all draw. I got both <laughs> of them spot on. But as chance would have it, the two for Labrooks, one, two, three, were the other two games over on oh, Sunday, no. Norwich and Arsenal, and Leicester against uh, Everton. And I got both of them wrong. I had 2-1, I think, to oh. Leicester, and I had Arsenal to win. So I actually got... You didn't. You had one all in the Norwich-Arsenal game, which is close to the two all oh. that have finished. And you had 2-0 to Leicester, and they won 2-1. Yeah. Like, so you just, like... None of the, neither of those games ever looked like they were going to be those scores, but technically you're yeah. close, you know. Even just as a treble on its own, Southampton to win, a draw, and Leicester to win would have been nice. But to get three games spot on and to accidentally think that you've won a hundred euro cash, but <laughs> they're the wrong games. Nah, it's tough. But it's this tough. week, this is the weekend I'm going to do it. I got zero out of three because it had to be in tune, in tune with the rest of my week. But I have to say that the one I had was I had Arsenal to beat Norwich three two at Carrow Road and the way the game was going it had Arsenal 3-2 written all over yeah. it and I wouldn't have cared about any of the rest of it I would have given up the chance to win 100 euro to get a 3-2 prediction right because it's just so, I, had, yeah. I had Villa and uh, United 2 all as well funnily enough but to get a 3-2 is just too good so I was watching that last 10 minutes again like my life but like Joe Royal was in charge I was so excited <laughs> uh, this weekend Joe Royal will not be in charge of Man City either uh, former probably, Man City manager yeah, exactly <laughs> Uh, that's what I was hinting at. Uh, it was, uh, it'll probably be Pep Guardiola. Who knows who'll be a charge of Man United, though, come Saturday for the Manchester Derby. Uh, so this is a tough one to predict from here. But, uh, Mick, what are you going with? I'm going for 2-1 to City. Uh, as I said in the, the video, people will see form goes out the window in the Derby, Mark. But given it's the only thing we have to go on, I'm going to go with City to win this game because they're in a lot better form. They were very, very good last night against Burnley, according to John Giles. Uh, Eamon Dunphy and Liam Brady apart from De Bruyne De Bruyne De Bruyne De Bruyne yeah uh, but a very very good Rodri best game in a City jersey but uh, honestly it's just United are in chaos and I don't I, I only see them sticking with them because I don't know like 
they do, like I was talking to Kevin about it, they do tend to play well for periods of a game, you know, and they can be very dangerous in that time. But I think 2-1. I originally had 3-2 for this, but I just thought I was chancing my arm a little bit too much. So yeah. I'm going to say 2-0 to Man City. Man City are an enigma because, like... Again, I had them in a big shout last week of Newcastle not to score, and then Newcastle go and get a two-all draw with them. It is. Uh, and United, but United are United, so I can't see them scoring against City. So, yeah, I'm going to say 2-0. Oh, am I? City don't keep clean sheets either. They don't. Yeah. They don't. And City. my big shout has uh, both teams to score yeah. in this game. I'm changing so. my prediction. 3-1 to City. Okay. Uh, just briefly, last, I won't go on as much in the other games, right? If United lose this game, as I expect them to, and lose to Tottenham tonight, which I think they have a very, very good chance of with Mourinho sort of steadying the ship and winning every game 3-2 uh, since he took over Spurs. There's a very good chance, I was looking at the table, if things go generally according to plan, nobody has to shoot the lights out. You know, you could end up 15th after this weekend. Yeah. They're 15th really, after 16 games. They're, I, we were talking about this in the office earlier, that Rick... Well, I think we might actually be overlooking how bad United have been in terms of results anyway. Like, I know there's other things that, you know, they're not far away performance-wise. Morris will try and argue that, but he is a United fan. Yeah, it's regularly. Soldiers bringing through younger players and, you know, that could be, this is this is the teething process. But all that accepted, if you just look at results and you look at the, where they are on the table the points they have at the minute, it's a bit of a disaster. What's um, game two? Game two is Aston Villa against Leicester. A difficult one to call because Leicester nearly had a hiccup against Everton, although it was the most obvious last-minute goal. You could see it coming for about 10 minutes. Um, Villa, you you know more than me about Villa, but they seem to... This seems to be like a, a, this seems to be one of those games they could get up for and get a yeah. draw in. I'd imagine at least. I'm worried a little bit about this game because we're on a horrible run with like Chelsea away tonight, United away last week, and then you have the Villa have been very very good at home in the last few like couple of months of the season, um, which they need to need to continue. Like you're almost thinking that they need to be winning home games. Can't see them winning this, but I can see them drawing one all. Like Brian Little's first game in charge of uh, Aston Villa. <laughs> Which is against his old club. No, it wasn't actually. It was against Sheffield Wednesday. Anyway, forget it. One all. I've gone for one all as well. I had it written down just before us. This is the, this is like a countdown. I'm showing Susie Dent over here. Showing me work. There's a one all. Villa yeah. always score. Villa always concede. That's the one thing. Yeah. One all is low scoring for that. Brighton against Wolves. Um, Wolves have played. We talked about it last week at the big shout. Wolves are now. Uh, I think it's what did we say last week? It was five out of eight. It's now six out of nine games on a Sunday after playing in the Europa League that they've drawn. Uh, and I think all of them are nearly one all because every time I predict it, it happens. This week, obviously, they're not playing in the. Europa League but they're playing in the Premier League midweek so to hell with it I'm going for a one-all draw against Brighton <laughs> on Sunday as well I uh, Wolves are like they're, they're run to fifth as you said like it, it's surprised that like it's included three draws but I think it's like I think it's now four draws and three wins from their last seven games or something like that and obviously we'll see how they get on this evening but you know it's going on a consistent and undefeated run that I think is the most impressive thing I think Brighton will probably get something out of them as well I can't go for another one-all draw though can I? Why can't you? Because I'm just copying you One-all One-all Hey So we're just both going for the two draws there and City to win that's actually on Labrox that comes in at 13.82 13.82 to 1 so almost 14 to 1 it's not a bad shout I got the two, I got the three results albeit not the scores but the three results right last week in the 1-2-3 so it is yeah. an interesting way to decide on uh, some of your predictions for the weekend absolutely yeah I, I like that as well actually I kind of feel that the two the Villa game and the Brighton game kind of have draws written all over them and that's yeah. that, I know that sounds disrespectful to Leicester 
But I don't think Villa's an easy place to point, win. Yeah, the lesser of some point. Villa's just not an easy place to win, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, get on to labrooks.com right now and play one, two for yourself for absolutely free. And if you are having any bets on the football over the weekend or anything else, be sure to gamble responsibly and you can visit dunlewy.net for more information. To subscribe to the full Build Up podcast, search the Build Up on Balls.e on all good podcast apps.